Hey guys, welcome to Bang Boardcast, episode number 550. Feels like a, a milestone, it's not for us. I'm Chris. <laughs> I'm John. I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Weekend Geek, <laughs> bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, no. <laughs> we, so, so, side side note. Yes, we just started recording, but we've been talking for like half an hour, so, you know, it might be a little punchy. Yeah. So what uh, are we doing, Paul? We're coming? We're, we're coming at you uh, with the top geek stories of the past week from the news garden. <laughs> uh, I don't remember now how uh, I do this, the, but the, the, uh, the next is the, the list. list. The, uh, the, the books that are coming to you on... Uh, January 24th, 2024. And then we always follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic, where this week we're coming on you, I mean, coming at you, with our trade and policy review of John's pick. John? The Good Asian. The Good Asian. So, yeah. If you can't tell, we've been drinking. And, John, <laughs> you brought this to the proverbial table. So, what, what do we have in front of us? Because we uh, all have the same thing. But it will be slightly different, I think. Yeah. Uh, so I saw a TikTok, and um, the TikTok was uh, yes. That's I, why. I, that's why you're doing the the TikTok dance. The what? The washing sheet? What's it called? Like, I have no idea. Flossing. Flossing. Yeah. Um, I'm with I follow, it. I follow a that, couple bourbon. That was like eight years ago when flossing was a thing. <laughs> I uh, I follow a couple bourbon sites uh, on there. And um, it's more of a reel on Instagram. I do the Instagram. Um, but the guy yeah, said... We already knew. <laughs> thank you. Um, Elmer T. Lee, who was the head distiller at Buffalo Trace, his favorite drink was bourbon with Sprite. Um, so I said, hey, it's kind of fun. It's a little different. I said, let's if we can find little easy cocktails or mixes to do, we should do them at least once, once a month, this or that. And uh, this is one that was, I thought was pretty easy for us. Yeah. Mix some Sprite and some bourbon. The and, only thing uh, is like, I, I was out of bourbon because I, I'll just drink it. I'll use it to cook. So it was, it was one of those things where I was like, Oh, I need to buy bourbon. Not a big problem. Yeah. Um, but so, so what bourbon did you use, Chris? Uh, so I wanted to try to be as authentic as I could be, because in the TikTok or Instagram reel that you sent us, uh, it was the head distiller from Buffalo, Buffalo Trace. Trace, but he used Blatt, Blatons. Blatons, Blatons. Thank you. Blatons. Um, Blatons. So I was like, OK, let me let me find Blatons. My store does not carry that brand. So I was like, all right, well, it's And the, you probably also would spend 75 to like $150 I, I'm, for it. I'm okay with spending money to do something like this because, you know, beer and comic book money is like budgeted for. Um, <laughs> didn't have it. So then I was like, okay, well, let me get a bottle of Buffalo Trace because, you know, yeah. keeping in spirit, uh, my store was sold out of it. So I just try to get another Kentucky uh, bourbon. So I have Bank Street. And the whole reason I bought this one was because I don't know what the, uh, you know, like a, a wine sommelier, a beer cistrone, like 
my total wines whiskey bro uh this this was like one of his like his picks like it has his picture on it it has his name on it so i was like okay like that's going to be the one that that i pick up and i did try it again this is bank street's uh kentucky straight bourbon whiskey it was good on its own and i'm like all right let me uh First of all, buy a bottle of Sprite, which is something that I don't know if I've ever done before. Um, and then I, I added the Sprite to it. So the way that it was uh, instructed is you you pour your bourbon over your ice. You add a little bit more of your Sprite to it. You drink. And, yeah, this is fine. Like, this is Good in the way that it's like, oh, yeah, I added a sweet soft drink to a bourbon whiskey. Bourbon. Like, it's it's good yeah. because that's just something that would be good. Like That would work. Yeah. yeah. John, what, what do you have? Uh, so I used a bottle uh, that Paul gave me. Uh, oh. The, the Basil Hayden. Oh, I was going to make a joke. Wait. Sorry. Can we... Yeah. Can we pretend? Sure. I'm, I'm going to say, oh, John, can you hold that up to the camera? Oh, yes, it's, it's a bottle of Sprite. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Basil Hayden, which is a uh, excellent um, uh, whiskey, um, and also I thought was probably what I had that was closest to uh, like a Buffalo Trace. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, on its own, excellent bourbon, and with the Sprite, enjoyable. It's, it's nice. Yeah, some Sprite to bourbon. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's fine. Uh, and later on, I have some uh, Schweppes ginger ale that oh. I will uh, also. Oh, you're gonna add, add the to Schweppes. You're gonna add the Schweppes to the Sprite. See how that yeah. goes. Yeah, I'm gonna mix the two. Should be good, right? Should be. I, I they can't never, see how that would go wrong. And it'll add some flavor. Sprite. They never flavor uh, uh, ginger ale, right? Paul, I used uh, what I had. Paul, I want to say. Hey, welcome back to drinking on the podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's been a while. It's been two episodes. Has it been three? Was it three two. in a row or two? I think in it's been two. Three. Was it two? Okay. I thought you did. I know I did two teas, and then I thought you had non-alcoholic. Did I do? No, I don't. Maybe no. I was going to give him non-alcoholic, which I still my two tea weeks. But um, yeah. Thank you for welcoming me back. Uh, I I have written house rye uh 100 proof that's what i have at the house because that's what i make my basically all my bourbon drinks out of because i like i like rye it holds up better bigger punch of oak on it uh, a little bit spicier you know not hot but you know it has a little bit more mm. yeah. yeah like the, the burn yeah. yeah uh yeah and this is 100 proof though so yeah you do get a little bit more alcohol burn and that's what i'm kind of getting here is like it's uh it's big oak flavor it's a uh, little alcohol burn, and uh, the sprite is gone. <laughs> I could have used club soda, and it would so, have been fine. And I am using sprite uh, zero sugar. I think, and so see, I that's where I was like, that's that's a weird choice to make. So I think one of your, I think you got two problems. One, you're using too big of a a bourbon. I don't think that's a problem. I'm I'm like okay, <laughs> I, 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 I my think bourbon. You, you could balance it out though like all right i'm using like a, a rye mm-hmm. it's gonna be a bigger punchier flavor yeah. let me go a little bit more on the sprite so how much i think the real problem is it's a zero sugar sprite <laughs> <laughs> so how much like sprite are you getting 
are you two guys getting? Because you guys are like, oh, it's 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 bourbon and sprite it's, together. It's nice. And I'm like, I, I, okay. I get a like, nice little effervescence, like lemony sweet from it. Yeah. And it also like to me, like it feels like it punches up the vanilla notes. And it's something that like I really enjoy the aftertaste on my oh, palate. Sprite, yes. We oh, all sprite. love Sprite. This episode is paid for by Big Sprite. I don't know. I don't know who makes Coca-Cola. Um, okay. But I get like a really nice, like lingering, nice flavor. And again, it's a really nice bourbon that I'm using. But it, I feel like I it not that it enhances it, but it kind of makes everything a little more smoother and easier to drink. Yeah, I get a little, you know, on the aftertaste, I do get a little bit of that that like lemon, lime, and vanilla on the back end. Big punch of oak up front. Tastes like a watered down rye. And then because you've watered it down, you're using zero, yeah. <laughs> zero, right, zero, because it's the sugar that kills you. Everybody knows that, you know. So you got to eliminate it um, in your in your drinks. Mm, is it, the rye is it really a fun brings novelty? out the aspartame in this. Uh, zero. <laughs> yes. Now I get cancer zero instead. Um, I don't know. It, it's is it a fun one off? Yeah. Do I want to use more of my bourbon or rye on this kind of drink? No, I can. I'm I'm good with making an old fashioned. Yeah, I I I get okay. I just worked all day. I work at like a like I'm a not going to buy another sprite a bourbon like cellar mm-hmm. distillery whatever. You, I don't know what the terminology would be for it. Like let me have something that's like a little bit lighter and brighter because yeah, the sprite's going to do that. But I can't see this becoming my favorite cocktail. No, like this isn't no. like knock my socks off. This is like a I'm not getting that full, like an old fashioned, you know, you use some demerara syrup, you, you use some orange and like there's a lightness to it, but also a deep richness to it that I yeah. enjoy. And that from the demerara sugar. You know. I think there's a difference between a cocktail drinker and then a mixed drink drinker. Mm. And this is definitely what I would say. Like This is a, a highball. A seven and seven or one of those kind of things where it's just like you're making the making the liquid a little more palatable where you can drink more and not get drunk as quick. What do, like, where, this where, is where, like, where do you guys stance on or like a rum and coke? Do you guys like oh, I, rum, I and love coke? A rum and coke? Yeah. And John, uh, see, I I don't think I had a rum and coke, but it's yeah. not the thing that I would go to. And like, mm-hmm. um. A, a a whiskey and ginger ale like it's a that's seven, a seven and seven like that's a it's a uh a wedding drink mm-hmm. like oh i'm gonna get that i'm gonna get a whiskey sour oh i'm gonna i have not had a whiskey sour in forever but uh as soon as you said that be like yeah but you can't get a like good whiskey, whiskey sour at a wedding yeah but you can yeah but you can get a decent enough like those are my yeah those are my Wedding drinks, you know, because, you know, you can go up there and if I see Amaretto, I get an Amaretto sour. Amaretto sour. Yeah, that's, you know, nine out of ten times that that's what I get. Amaretto sour is also the uh, drink preference of uh, Aaron, Greg's wife, super yeah. friend of the show, Greg's. Uh, it was at a wedding that I I got a, I had gotten a whiskey sour mm-hmm. and she had an Amaretto sour and I was like, I love Amaretto. I think I want one of those. The only reason I buy Amaretto is so I have it 
just for Christmas. So when Aaron comes over or, you know, anytime that Aaron's over, I can, you know, it's ready to go. I, I, lo- I, I love Amaretto on the Rocks. Amaretto's hey, good. when I, do we get to uh, play I... board games? Amaretto on the Rocks coming right up, sir. <laughs> uh, I think I would prefer one of Paul's wonderful cocktails. Uh, and John, just to uh, nail home your Christmas gift to me, uh, Soco Amaretto Lime. Great drink, but also a brand new song from their Your Favorite Weapon <laughs> album, who also references the band Taking Back Sunday, because that's tied into the emo battle of the early 2000s. I thought you were going to say I made the cocktail in the, the drink no, glass I gave uh, you. But I've, I've had that. Uh, no, so far I've only used that glass uh, for, I can't remember what sour I drank out of it, because it's Did it a look weird, cool in the glass? It did look cool in the glass. I don't remember what I had, but. Yeah. Uh, so I gave Chris a, a pint glass that had uh, two large, like, bulbous. I don't know, like. Growths. Growths out of it. Side. No, it looks like it looks like something you would see in, like, a Frankenstein. Oh, like a where... like a double size, size beaker. You're like, a, yeah. yeah, yeah, I can kind of get. Yeah. I thought it was fun and cool. Uh, and I, I took a. When I opened up the package, I took a picture of it and sent it to John. And I was like, what kind of glass is this? And what do I drink out of it? I, I don't remember what I said. Yeah. And I was like, uh, hazy IPAs and super fruit, it's ours. Your two favorite go-tos. I, I do love those. And I do want to say, Yanni made one of the best jokes that day. She was like, don't, don't put it in your butt. <laughs> so it looks like a double boiling flask. I just yeah. want to uh, names of co- seven common types of chemistry flasks and what they're used for. So a double boiling flask. Yeah, kind of. Definitely that. Okay. And you know what? I'm bubbling up some news because uh, guys, we're heading into the Weekend Geek, and if you, dear listener, are listening to us on Google Podcasts, you might already know this. Or if not, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. But apparently Google Podcast is going away. I only know this because we received an email as a podcaster on Google Podcasts uh, saying that in April this platform will be offline. Uh, and then it gives some nice directions on how to do everything to like a podcatcher or to direct it over to YouTube Music, which I don't know if we're going to do that. I need to look at the steps because I like being able to just put something into a cast and then it's like, Hey, wherever you get your podcasts, it'll be there. I think it'll be there. We might just have to link. I don't We might be, but we might just also have to link the RSS feed to it, but I don't know. That's work for a day off. And when's my next day off? Let me. Oh, it's when Paul flies into Orlando. <laughs> so that's work for. February. Yep. So I think it's raining out here. Oh, it's pouring. Uh, John. Oh, let me see if it's snowing again. <laughs> oh yeah, it's still snowing. It's not. Nope. Nope. Stopped. Done. Done with the snow now. It's done. But we're not done with the weekend geek. So John's the only person that had actual news to bring to this uh this episode. So why don't you uh enlighten us on what you got? Yeah. Um, so from Ed Brubaker and his longtime collaborator. Um, you can Sean, call him one of his guys. 
Sean Phillips. Is it Sean Phillips? Wait. Yes. Sean he gets Phillips. guys too? Yeah, Paul. Yeah. Paul, everyone else gets guys. You get boys. You get boys. We cleared this last week. That was our thing. You made a you made us think about it, so now it's a thing. <laughs> I gave a look. Like, let let me check the podcast. And then rules. you guys are like, "What's the deal?" No, and I'm you like, you said, "Why do I get boys and they get you?" If yeah, you guys yeah. get guys, we named the show after that. I know because I made a face, and then you guys called me out on the face, and I'm like, "Well, why do I get boys and everybody else gets guys?" And you're like, "Wow." Because Paul, you've been friends with us long enough to know that. We just say things, and sometimes we forget those things that we say. And then when we say something wrong, you just roll with it. Because I forgot that we say, oh, he's one of John's guys. So when <laughs> I said boys, you're like, whoa. Yeah. Well, Stick to the theme. Because we talk about too much dumb shit in our lives. <laughs> I can't keep it all straight. No, Jason Aaron, though, isn't worried about boys. He's worried about teenage no, we, we should not talk about criminal. Ninja Turtles. <laughs> too uh, far ahead. Too far ahead. We but were talking about one of my boys, Jason Aaron. <laughs> Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, their comic book criminal is going to be a TV, uh, a series uh, over at Amazon uh, on Amazon Prime. Um, and this is their, you know, their noir criminal story. Um, some of it kind of always had feel like you could say, oh, it's it's this story done in the crime. It's the good, the bad and the ugly. It's this. It's that he took from a lot of different things and made it his own in these crime series. And then he just started making just his own crime series. Um, I enjoyed I think I have lots of single issues of criminal. I think I have a trade or two. Um, I always enjoyed them. Um, some of them I'd go, eh, I don't like this story. I'd wait for the next one. Um, because there were three, four issues, five issues, yeah. six issues. Like sometimes you'd have a trade that had three stories in it. And sometimes you had a trade or a, it went on for six issues. Um, and then the later ones I think was following the same titular criminal throughout it. So I'm interested to see if it's going to be a, multi-story anthology criminal story or if it's going to follow like one character through different crimes i think they do it as like an anthology show that could be kind of cool like have it be like miniseries event like don't have it be like 22 episodes like just give me like four to six episodes like great story have it be done because this is a series that i also like really enjoyed because this was i think kind of my golden age of comics like because this is after we had re-gotten into comics and we had kind of gotten more hip to the scene of what was going on. And, and like we had new creators that we liked because we when we got back into comics, we were like, all right, I like X-Men. I like Green Lantern. I like Green Arrow. These are the books that I'm going to go towards. But it was really getting back into it that we became like more aware of like, oh, I like this writer. I like this writer. Like. John, uh, yeah, you you picked up the hood because you're like, oh, this looks like a cool book. And I think Brian K. Vaughn was like the first new quote quote like creator that was like, oh, I like this book. I need I need to pay attention to this guy now. And Ed Brubaker was probably hot on the heels of that because uh, yeah, 
I really enjoyed Criminal, but I think if you had sent us something like he was doing like a sleeper series, which was like the spy who was like deep undercover and like so deep undercover that he's like the bad guy's like most trusted guy, but now he can't do anything to act against it. A sleeper series, I think, would be absolutely fantastic. And I don't want to get too far away from talking about Criminal because, again, like, great series. Like, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, like, <laughs> some bangers. Yeah, they did a lot of great stuff together. And uh, Brubaker is one of those people, too, like, <clears throat> I didn't really like Daredevil till I read Brubaker's Daredevil. And his first his first book, he never puts on the outfit. Like, it's yeah. him in prison. Same thing with, like, Captain America. Didn't really like Captain America till I read Brubaker's Captain America. And I didn't fall in love with Daredevil till uh, 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 Wade. Mark Wade, Wade's yeah. run. Mark Wade's that. With uh, Pablo Rivera um, <clears throat> on art. Yeah. And then Brubaker um, with David Aja on... Um, and Matt Fraction on Iron Fist. Like, that's why I like Iron Fist. Like, I love that series. Um, so, yeah. <clears throat> Just one of, it's, Brubaker is one of my guys. Rub it in. Paul, is he one of your boys, though? Brubaker? Uh, but see, the... he does, like, darker crime yeah. stuff that, and that's... like, that's kind of not your flavor. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Who's the guy that did uh, Queen and Country? That's Rucka. Gr- like yeah, Rucka's... Greg Rucka. Yeah, Rucka, Rucka and Brubaker, like they teamed up every once in a while. It seems uh, they and did. They also Gotham had, like, Central. Yeah, 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 Gotham Central. Gotham together. Central, and yeah, that's why half of them kind of appeared in my mind. So I would go with Ru- I'm more the Rucka, that group. Yeah, I would definitely Some... say, I, if somebody were to ask me, uh, is Greg Rucka one of your guys? I'd say no, he's one of Paul's boys. <laughs> it's kind of like you know, some people followed uh, Art Garfunkel. And some other people followed Paul Simon. No. What I love is like the people that followed Paul Simon had years and years of music. The people who followed Art Garfunkel had nothing after that. Points for the Freudian slip of Art Garfunkel. (laughs) (laughs) But Paul, who's also maybe a boy or a guy of yours? Oh, we already talked (laughs) about Now you can go. No, we didn't talk. Jason we Aaron, about, uh, Johnny, you brought this to the table. Now you can talk about Jason Aaron. Yeah, Jason Aaron, uh, no, is coming back. He he announced a new project, new work coming out. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, John, what do we know about it? Anything we more? know uh, he's rebooting the series uh, in his own his own series, but it's a reboot, um, telling from the beginning of a series that he's loved from comic book and cartoon and movies. So I think you're going to, the same way we've got people over in image who are fans of transformers who are now writing it fans of GI Joe, who are now writing those books. You have somebody who grew up loving Ninja Turtles, who's a passion project. And he says, it's a passion project for me to be able to do this. I'm so excited about doing it. Um, Yeah. So it's going to do it. He's going to do it. But uh, I thought it was very exciting. Uh, he's another person I follow on Instagram. So when he put that up, as soon as I saw it, I shared it uh, directly to you guys. Oh, so it sounds like he's more of one of your guys. 
Uh, I would say that he's definitely one of my guys. I I, say- I, ch- I check out anytime I see he's on a book, I check him out. And I never liked Thor till I read Jason Zarin Thor and I even female Thor and 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 everything that kind of came after that. I was like, oh, yeah, this guy does a great job. But I so you, but ahead, also finish. like Wolverine and the X-Men, you guys had picked that up. We read the first issue, I think, for trade and policy. I liked it. And then, Chris, you gave me like the like the and next I bought 10, that entire run like I that the yeah. next 10 issues. You were like, you got to read this. It is so amazing. And then I read those 10 issues and I was like, yeah, this is great. And then when he did Astonishing X-Men, where they went into hell to bring Nightcrawler back or whatever, and they're on the boat and Iron or and Iceman's melting <laughs> Like, it was all like, oh, yeah, this is, again, this is great. And it all has stuff that he sprinkled throughout his X, bringing the X-Men run. So, yeah. So it's great. I love Jason Aaron. I only know what you had sent in, like, that Instagram post, but you kind of talked a little bit more about it. So is this, like, him rebooting and creating kind of, like, an offshoot Ninja Turtles? Like, this is, like, like so origin story to, like... Oh, here's what they do now. I think it's just a total. I think he said it's a total reboot start. So it's him starting it from scratch, but he's taking everything that's been in consideration and everything that's everything that's happened before into consideration, but putting a Jason Aaron spin on it. Okay. I, I mean, this could be great then because he does like weird fun stuff so well so that yeah that that sounds like it's in uh in my wheelhouse i'm looking for i think like to me i'm looking for great villains out of it because he does such a good job with those characters and characters who have uh like malekith thought he was the worst and then jason aaron writes him and i'm like oh this guy's really good yeah is it malekith or is it malekot malekith right yeah you're right yeah um but yeah, I think he does a great job writing villains and also doing a great job of taking things that from before. Again, he took all the history of Thor and made it cool. Where do you want him to start? Ninja Turtles? Uh, yeah. They save April O'Neil and then they tell her their origin story okay. of how they came to be. And then it's them fighting the foot. Like, I'd like it a lot more a little more grounded mm-hmm. and then slowly so they're not hailing out with hanging out with alien teenagers in like a space cadillac okay. yeah yeah okay not chris where would turtles. where would you want it to start uh i think if you like smash open to chemical company tgri whatever it's going to mm-hmm. be and then cancer dropping into the sewers and like you see like a slow growth and then like issue one ends with them. Like splinters, like now you will be my teenage mutant Ninja Turtles. Like that could be cool. I don't want it long drawn out. Like okay. issue ends with canister dropping into the sewer. Um, so none of you guys want, them... want to see back in Japan, the two masters that then have a falling yeah, out. I, I don't need that. I I'd like to see that, that maybe in an issue down the line or in flashback form where you get mm-hmm. pieces throughout all of it. 
Okay. Yeah. But if it's done well, I wouldn't mind it. Because it's intrinsic to the story. Paul, you. Is that what you wanted to start with? No, I wanted to see uh, Casey Jones as a young man going to his first hockey game and being inspired. Because when he comes out of the The, hockey game, he sees his dad get beat up. And he's wondering why his dad didn't stand up to fight. And Mm. then he, he, from then on. Promises that nobody will ever feel that shame I know, again. I know this book is coming out from uh, IDW, but that's the uh, the dark horse entry into it. Uh, John, I, I see you have poured something else into your glass. So, uh, what are you drinking before we head into the list? I'm drinking my my bourbon and uh, ginger ale. Ooh. Let's see. So, what I'm wondering. You get with the uh, lemon Different. lime, the, the citrus, you got more vanilla. <clears throat> so I'm hoping with the ginger ale, you actually get more of the oak or more of these kind of spice floral notes from the bourbon. You get a little more spice. I actually um, put a very small amount of ginger ale, and then it was like, oh, I should put a little more ginger ale into it. But yeah, that oakiness is there. It still has a nice vanilla. The the basil Hayden itself has got a nice yeah. vanilla to it. It's big it. vanilla. Um. But yeah, again, it, it works works really well. Um, to do this, I thought the basil is a nice it's a nice one. It would be very similar to Buffalo Trace is why I picked it because I do have a couple ryes that I, I have a Cesarac rye, which would probably lend itself to the Sprite and to mm-hmm. the ginger ale pretty well. And then I have a ten year old whistle pig rye that I we did with the old fashioned, and I yeah. wouldn't want to drink that. Yeah with this that that is more of a special occasion i'm going to make a special mm-hmm. this i'm just going to drink it uh, on its own um and again like the basil hayden i've had for four yeah, years year, uh, four years five years like yeah. i don't drink that much bourbon but i also get a lot of bourbon for birthdays and christmas it was the last and, bo- uh, bottle of bourbon that i bought you because you're like paul I get enough for, for, from people, <laughs> well, and I'm like, okay, yeah. Cool. And then uh, we both kind of agreed, like, hey, if we're out someplace, let's just like celebrate our birthdays together when we're together and hanging out. Yeah. Like instead yeah. of like spending money on a bottle of something that we just give each other. Yeah. 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 We yeah. we were when we were at Cowfish together, mm-hmm. we bought a very expensive bourbon that we split. Like the bartender <laughs> was like. Oh, oh. What you, what's wrong with you guys? And we're like, oh, we're married. Like, <laughs> just just give us the really expensive bourbon. Yeah. And then when we went to um, the Irish place, we kind of did the same thing, and we got the the two the flight. flights, the mm-hmm. two flights of the different um, uh, Irish, Irish whiskeys, and we split that. And again, like we did the the flight of um, tequila. Like, yeah. It's like those little things like when we're together and we have those yeah. opportunities, like it's not something I would do on my own, but I will do it with Paul yeah. and it'll be a special occasion. It's for our birthday. It's hey. for Christmas. And our birthdays are six days apart. <laughs> yeah. A year and six days apart, but yeah. six days apart. It's, I know my hair looks like I'm older. <laughs> and I probably look like I'm older. I probably act like I'm older. John's actually a whole year older than me. Okay. And six days. Six days. Paul, 
Have you opened up anything no. else? No, nothing fine. yet. Yeah. Guys, it's my first day back drinking. Let's <laughs> calm down. First day back in the office, he's going easy. Uh, and I am doing the opposite. I'll, I'll start I off. I could not. I'll start off small. Finish off small. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, gosh. Sure. It's going to be a rough night. Uh, this is the first time I've ever actually seen this available. I don't know if it's the first year it's out. So, John, I'm counting on you to illuminate me a little bit more. But from Goose Island, I am drinking one of their Bourbon County variants. And this is the Banana Foster's Stout. Uh, they I did. have not had this before. 13.9% ABV. Uh, please enlighten me. I believe they did a Banana Foster's or a Banana Style one a few years ago. But I believe this is a new version of that. And from what I know, the brewer of this, they asked him to do this. And he hates bananas. So okay. he he made that. he made this as okay, you're gonna make me make this banana fosters. I'm gonna make it so I would wanna drink it. So from what I've heard, I haven't had this one that the banana's there, but it's a lot more about the accoutrements, the it caramely is. notes, the the kind of uh isn't there nuts in a banana uh, there is because when I saw a banana foster, I did not really read the rest of the bottle. Like the first thing I did was say, ooh. And then second thing I did was pull up my untapped to see if this is something I'd had before, because I know I've had a few of the variants. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I saw that I hadn't had this, I was like, okay, like that's something I definitely want to grab. Uh, and I didn't look at the rest of the bottle, because I'm just, just like, okay, Bourbon County, yes, please. Uh, so when, when I poured my glass and I took a sip, I was expecting more of like a big like Laffy Taffy fake runs. banana flavor. Yeah, like mm-hmm. a banana runs. <clears throat> and this doesn't have it. It must have like, I couldn't say it was banana, but it gave me a nice like raisin sweet to it. And then when I looked at it, I saw it was brewed with uh, bananas, almonds, cassia bark, cassia bark. I'm not C- sure how it's pronounced. It's cinnamon. Okay. It's a, uh, uh, I think it's Vietnamese cinnamon. Nice. Thank you. But then I was like, okay, I'm probably getting more of that almond alongside the banana. And that's where I'm getting like that nicer sweet flavor and not like an assaulting like fake fruit flavor. I really like this. I don't know if it's one of my favorite variants of the Bourbon County, but, you know, for like a one off, let me pick this up. Let me try this. I'm I'm okay with sipping this for like the next topic and a half. It's good. Uh, Yeah. I think this was technically I didn't buy this. Yanni bought it for me at the beer store. Uh, I think it was like twenty six ninety nine for the bottle. It was your and birthday. Birthday. My birthday on whatever day we went Tuesday, <laughs> Monday Tuesday, whenever we uh, went to go buy buy beer and drinks. Um, it's good. I I will say that night I also bought a, a bottle logic. I forget what it's called, like Memory Memory Banks or something, which was their cinnamon bun mm. uh, Imperial Stout. And that was amazing. Like, that was a knockout. Uh, of the beers that I bought that night, or we bought that night, I would say that was a clear winner. But this is this is good. I, uh, I, w- I will say when I go down there, 
um, I would not mind uh, bringing home some bottle logic, like because I can't, we can't get it up here. And the okay. fact that you can, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, they, I've been they, to the yeah, they have it at my beer store. <laughs> I, had, I had beers on tap from them. They're amazing. So to be able to saddle up with a couple bottles, we we can, we can swing by my beer store when you're here. <laughs> if yeah. they still have it, if not, I'll. I, I I probably won't have time. I will go and I'll buy bottles and I'll just put them on the side for you. Yeah, don't worry about it. I mean, I'm not coming down to visit you for quite a while. So, yeah, but if you want, I can buy bottles and I can just leave them on the side. Yeah, but we'll talk. We'll talk know, later. This is a whole no, whole nother also, podcast. You also, you should just you're gonna have those moments where like ah, I bought it for John, but I'm gonna drink it tonight. <laughs> <But> <laughs> we all know it's gonna happen. I would tell you I'm going to buy you the beers and then. I might not tell you I bought it. So if I do drink it, you don't have to know. And then when you get down here and like, oh, did you ever have a chance to get those uh, bottle objects? It's like when Bilbo asks Frodo whatever happened to that old ring of his. And I'm like, well, I lost it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but you know Yanni's going to break under pressure. Oh, uh, she, yeah, she, she has no poker face. <laughs> but uh, John talking about what chris is going to buy at the beer or uh liquor store beer, brewery store beer store what are you going to buy at the comic book store uh because this is the list the comic books that are coming out up. january 24th 2024 oh i'm picking up uh from uh idw publishing dungeons and dragons saturday morning adventures number one and this book picks up after what would be the end of that cartoon? Mm. Um, so it takes place a little bit after they had finished their um, water deep adventures, and um, it looks fun. There's really not a lot coming out, uh, but this is David M. Booher and George Camdias uh, on art, and Camdias um, has got kind of a, a fun poppy art style to it. Um, so I'm hoping this is fun. I like, I love fantasy, but I am more of a fantasy TV and movie fan. Because anytime I sit down to read an actual fantasy book, I am like just turned off right away. Uh, I watched the um, Wheel of Time series, the first season on uh, Amazon. I was like, man, this is really good. And then I looked up some stuff about the books. And, like, one of the books has, like, a chapter that is the same size as the first Harry Potter book. That's all this knockout, dragout battle that's supposed to be one of the best battles ever uh, written. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, man. Like, I'll get the first book. And I sat down and I read the first five pages. And I was like... I fucking hate this. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're like, all right, man. Never mind. All right, man. And then you're like, man. no. But I do that all the time. I like look up like, oh, what are some of the best fantasy books? And it's like, oh, the Blade of Despair series. So I pick up that first book and I Dude. read the beginning of it. And I'm like, nope, not for me. So I feel like you do maybe a better job with picking fantasy comic books than maybe fantasy word books because yes i think the last fantasy book you brought like last barbarians or 
I don't remember what yeah. it's called. Like, yeah, The Last Barbarian. Yeah. Uh, yeah, solid book. Like, I'd like that. And I just looked at this guy's style, the uh, George Cambadius. This is cool. Like, this reminds me of, like, early 2000s Scotty Young kind of, like, yeah. like, fun, poppy cartoon stuff. So. And you is... see the characters from that cartoon. I, I never watched that. that cartoon, and I feel like bad job on me because I really enjoyed the Dungeons & Dragons movie. Like, that was one of my favorite things from last year. Uh, and I know there was, like, an Easter egg in the movie that, like, oh, those characters appear in, like, the arena. The arena thing. Fight. Yeah, and they get... I, I didn't pick up on that. Like, that was the thing that, like, that nerd blind spot for me. Like, because when I watched a video about Dungeons & Dragons, I was like, oh, I I knew the cartoon was the thing, but I could not have told you that, oh, those characters that are on that other team going through are supposed to be the the kids from that show. Yeah. Yeah, we I used to watch it on Sunday mornings before we used to go to church. It would be on and I'd always get mad because I wouldn't be able to finish watching it. I'd get ready, sit down, my shirt and tie and all of that. And we'd I'd watch that as everyone else got ready. And then it was like always like the last 10 minutes or the end of the thing. I'd always have to leave. So I never knew how the show ended, but I'd watch the next one next week. Be like, oh, they got out of that dungeon. Oh, they fought that dragon. Well, see, it's good because you had the satanic panic, and then you went to church to balance it out. <laughs> but then you also went home with your dad, so you 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 went right back to to the hell side of things. Yeah, and my you know my aunt is a uh, a scholar, quote unquote, of Tolkien. So, yeah, and a scholar of hats too. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Paul, what book are you looking I'm forward sorry. to? Bitch loves hats. I don't know what to say. <laughs> hats and capes and no bra. So we're talking hey, about hey, word hey, books. She got it in under the wire. <laughs> you want to talk about pendulous breasts. Paul, what book are you looking forward to? <laughs> so word books is what you were talking about and how you have a hard time reading. Uh, I don't uh, know. Fantasy books. Yeah, I've owned a book uh, on my on the Kindle or whatever the Amazon Kindle format for uh, years now. Uh, That's Star Wars Thrawn Alliances, Uh, and I haven't read it. Just haven't gotten to it. But luckily, it's coming out in comic book form to remind me how very little of that actual book that I've already purchased I have read. Uh, so I probably won't buy this comic book because <laughs> it's six dollars. Well, Ooh. but it might inspire me to actually go through and start reading uh, Star Wars Thrawn Alliances, the novel. It's it's a uh, story by Timothy Zahn, the guy that created he created Thrawn, Thrawn. So, yeah. Uh, but the writer on the comic book, I believe, is Judy uh, Judy Hauser. Art is Pat Olifi. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be an excellent book, a good, uh, a good looking book, but for six bucks, I, I I don't think I can purchase it, but there was the only book that I was mightily interested in, uh, for this week. So Chris, I heard that this is a rip roaring week for you. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> and so you had a hard time choosing what book you keep, wanted. To. Keeping up with, uh, John's 
swinging tracks of land, whatever you said. I don't remember what, what your segue rest. was. Yeah, pendulous rest. Uh, swing low, sweet chariots, because I'm going to be picking up green arrow number eight. Hey, if you can't use them as a hacky sack, you're not using them at all. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how disappointed I could sound. Uh, but yeah, I literally only have one comic book coming out this week and i went through the list of releases and for me it's the only book i have is green arrow number eight and this is green arrow meeting up again with his new ish rogue villain our enemy what do you want to call him onomatopoeia even though onomatopoeia has been out since like 2001 with the kevin smith quiver run post quiver one um I really do enjoy this Green Arrow run, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Phil Hester on this one. So Green Arrow artist from that golden age of comic books for me coming back for Green Arrow. Uh, love this book, but this is going to be one of those weeks that I don't feel the need to go to the comic book store. It's like, all right, I'll go on what the 31st, whatever day is the week after this because it's like yeah i don't need to go to the comic book store to spend four dollars like i can consolidate my trips i'll go the week after pick up this book and then like probably the four other books i have coming out then i'm gonna look right now guys yeah the next week i have world's finest batman and robin and dead lucky coming out so yeah that's a better a better spend of my time so i'll drink to that i just took a sip of my beer and you know what else i'll drink to a dramatic reading. And now, a dramatic reading from Rogan Gambit, number one, page 14, panel five. Your powers? What? Lack of control didn't stop you from kissing Deadpool. That was a dramatic reading. The character Gambit. Oh. From Rogan Gambit, <laughs> number one, page 14. <laughs> Yeah, no, <laughs> this looked like a white dude to me. Uh, <laughs> I, I love the gambit. It punches. Oh, <laughs> and then like you can see a little bit of disappointment in himself. Like, hmm. <laughs> I saw a white dude. That's what I get for uh, dry reading that. Paul, you know? Just Paul, do you want to do you want to do a, a second take now that you know that was gambit? <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> Because I don't have, I don't think I got a gambit in me. No. No. Bullshit. That's fine. Bullshit. Eh, mon ami. There wasn't any, like, there wasn't any, uh, mon ami, any kind of, uh, like, thing in there. You know, in in the word plan. There was no direction. What I love is, like, any white guy that I see with Rogue, I just automatically go, oh, it's probably (laughs) gambit, right? Yeah. I should have guessed that. Yeah, that's obviously Rogue. But and even again, if, even if you didn't know, looks like, because again behind this behind the scenes, uh, I should have listened when it comes to what time book for us, it was. While yeah, was when picking. it comes time for us to pick this stuff, like we just pick a random comic book. We might ask each other, all right, pick a page, pick a panel, and then submit it. I feel like as soon as I said in the introduction, Rogan Gambit, you should be like, oh. He wasn't, but he wasn't listening to you. He was waiting for you to finish talking, so and then he knew. Reading. Well, no, I was scrolling back up so I could find the page. Then I was loading the page while he was talking, and then I Mm. heard it, so. That's okay. You know what, Paul? I still appreciate the 
minimal effort that you put into it. But you know what? Um, I I don't have a way to segue. John, main topic. You pick this book. Uh, Set us main, up. Main topic. Uh, so we are reading The Good Asian, uh, an Edison Hark mystery. Uh, and this was written by, I feel awful because I'm probably going to butcher this guy's name. Uh, or as sh- you don't say. Don't say porn sack. You're fine. Porn Don't sack. Say porn. That's how it's spelled. Don't say porn sack. <laughs> uh, porn sack. Pish- uh, an art by Alexandre Tefinki. But this follows Edison Hark who is a detective uh, in Hawaii who's come over to the United States during the 1930s, because it's before World War II. They talk about things that are transpiring and leading to World War II as a uh, Asian Hawaiian immigrant coming into San Francisco to help his adopted father... Uh, who raised him, who's in a coma, find a girl that he had fallen in love with. Uh, and they're, the family's hoping if they can find her, she might be able to bring him out of the coma. Uh, and at the same time, there's a lot of things going on in Chinatown in San Francisco. And also uh, shedding the light on how awful... America was to Chinese immigrants forever. I I felt racist reading this book because <laughs> I don't I, I I'm a very open and accepting person, but there were so many words in this that I was like, I don't know if I can say that on the podcast. Like if I had to do a dramatic reading from this book, which it was Paul's week, I I wouldn't have had to. But if I had to like. <laughs> Say something from this book. I was like, I I don't know if I could or should. Like, I don't know if it's dated enough that someone would be like, oh, that that's from the 30s. Like, it yes, antiquated. We know that. But I, I ooh, I don't want that to be my review of this book because I really did enjoy this because this is that kind of like hard nosed detective noir book that John's picking, but it's a it's a good pick. Like this is a great version of this book because it it's so hyper focused on the character and that time frame that any wrongdoings are done to show like no, this is how bad it was at that time. And because the the writer and the artist are both like Vietnamese and Thai, so it, it's not done from like a like an outside perspective. Yeah, um, I. I I dug this a lot. Like this was and not like a one for one. This reminded me of like a black sad. Like this is like John picking a detective book that it hits right and everything around it's kind of like the set dressing, but at its core it's just a great who done it. And I'm spoilers. I'm sad we didn't get an answer cuz it's like, oh crap, now I'm going to need to read volume 2 cuz uh, I I was I was so in on this and like I was hoping this was going to be like a I thought it was going to have two more issues after when it like it ended. I like mm-hmm. that scene happened. 
I thought, oh, I got at least like two more issues. And then I swiped and I was like, oh, it's over. That happened to me, too, because uh, Kate was like, well, how much longer do you have in the book? And I'm like, I don't know. I think there's another like give me another 10, 15 minutes because I'm thinking at least another like at least one more issue. And then I hit next and it's like, oh, okay, no, never mind. What do you need me to do? It's fine. (laughs) Like. Uh, I also found on the the Kindle app, because um, I, I read it on my phone, mm-hmm. I used to do the panel to panel. I couldn't do that on this one. Uh, oh, I, but so panel. Well, no, I it, it was a, it's available as panel panel, but I feel like with the page and panel layout, like it didn't work as well as like going panel to panel. Uh, I felt that way too, but also I found that I could just uh, when you hit that panel, like. I like popped it up and I could just um, scroll it instead. Mm. It was the first time I did that, but I found like you could scroll it, but yeah, it was the page layouts and everything were really nice. And especially when you have one where Edison is noticing everything. So mm-hmm. he's very uh, uh, observant yeah. is I think what they use, but they highlight what he's seeing in these red boxes and, when you have a panel where he's noticing a bunch of stuff, it's kind of fun to like look at that page and go, oh, boom, 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 boom. Like those are the things he he noticed. And the, the thing that I didn't like about <clears> that, <throat> like guided view or panel to panel, is like how, what, however they build that into the system is it didn't show you like it was him noticing something because it would just be a panel of like, all right, here's like the close up on someone's pocket red square over mm-hmm. oh here's the close-up on the jar on the mantle red square and then after you get through it then it would show like the close-up of his face like red square over the eye so it's like if i was looking at this at that page view i'd say like oh it's probably like that's the marquee panel on this page <clears> and i would <throat> see that and then i would see like what he was tracking to be like nope here's what's really going on your dad's hiding his dope in the plant like but going the guided view is like we kind of like broke that up in a way that detracted from the story yeah i could see that um i pretty much read it from like page to page and and i would zoom in if i couldn't read it i'd zoom in read it but i was Mm kind of going page to page um yeah but i liked it and i liked like at the the center is the mystery of him trying to find this girl trying to help his family but then at the same time he's kind of pulled into these killings that are happening and some of them is he's trying to find this girl he comes across this this dead body he's trying to find people to help him find this girl and he's at this club where the killer kills a guy in front of everyone he chases him down like he is trying to find this girl, but he somehow keeps continuing to find this killer. And the way the book ends, he comes really close face to face with that killer and he can chase him or he can help somebody. And he knows helping that person isn't going to help them. He's not actually helping them, but he's kind of helping himself by. It's a closure versus being there like with case him. closed thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I really enjoyed this. One of the reasons I picked this book is volume one and volume two um, when they were coming out in issues 
were both both times um, Eisner Award nominated, and I think he won an award um, for I think either the second volume would be the second volume he won a, a Eisner Award for. Um, it is very good, and it is <clears throat> like Chris said, like there's some stuff that like when people say derogatory things I, like, I don't want to say it because nope. you're like what? i i know i know it's <clears throat> a derogatory term and it could be so antiquated that's like oh it's calling someone a mook like it doesn't mean anything now but i i don't know if it does in <clears throat> the book really gives a it really informs you of how tension and kind of hated Asian, Chinese, all of that was mm-hmm. at that time in these areas. <clears throat> and um, it's stuff that, you know, we're three white guys from Buffalo, New York. Public public schools that, you know, like we were yeah. only taught so much. So when you find out about real wrongs that happened in this country it's always it really always kind of yeah and it really kind of opens your eyes to even more and and there's a lot of information at the end of the book too about all of these things that they mention in the book that you're just like man i did not know i uh i'm sorry i'm sorry that i didn't quite catch all of that in Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, we we know about the internment camps, but yeah, I didn't yeah. realize that the whole like, oh yeah, we're just gonna bar Chinese immigrants from coming to the country, and then you're like, oh okay, well, that, but the people here were treated okay, right? Right? No, nope, nope. Yeah, yeah. It's, we it's... grew up in the '80s where the stereotype, oh, yeah, there's the Asian kid in class. He's the one good at math. You know, mm-hmm. we, we grew up with those stereotypes like, oh, they're they're the, they're the smart ones, you know? Yeah. And most of the time, like, uh, at least from my point of view, like growing up, they were adopt, you know, adopted or um, also like from mixed families. Like I grew up with I don't want to say their name, but I grew up with this family. They I grew up with them. People I you know, you knew all the time, but they were. The, the you know the husband was military and she was from Vietnam you know mm-hmm. um we always called him uncle marty but it was my grandmother's brother marty so the the way family stuff works is like my third cousin once removed or whatever but he he was in the army and like his wife din was from Vietnam and it, it, that, that's not that out there like that's the thing that happened yeah yeah and like i did like in getting back oh go ahead sorry i was just gonna like tina and her sisters and like i grew up with them like i spent all like a lot of time with them it never like it was just like oh that's just who they are like it never Mm -hmm. was like a a race thing because it was just the people who i knew and like Mm -hmm. you get older and then you're like oh okay i now i understand more about where they met and how things happened and who they are and, and those things. <clears throat> and like, you got to like, Oh yeah. Like I never thought about it till I actually 
really thought about it because it was just that's who they are. Like, yeah, not a I was never I don't know. I never I never saw it from a negative viewpoint. Yeah. You're woke is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You, no, like you people are people like that. That's all it boils yeah. down to. Like I in this book, they there's the um, I don't know what page it happens on, but they basically break down when he meets the guy that basically does all the fundraising. That's like part of the seven companies, and he's like yeah, the politician, six. and he talks about like oh, there's a reason why you know there's a, trying to be perfect. It's because these are the these this is the generation that saw their parents give up absolutely everything, and the only way that they're going to be accepted is if they're perfect at all times because there's so much racism and there's that that gets instilled in that the next generation that comes up and you're like oh that's where that whole like immigrant you know kid needing to be perfect and like the uh tiger mom like kind of uh, like um stereotype is coming from okay i now have a better understanding of that dilemma that that up that burden that uh, that is placed uh throughout the generations yeah and to kind of go down that road that we're going down i feel bad because i read this book right before we started recording so when i got to the end and i saw there was all that ancillary material yeah. with like actual photos of like the it, it the holding camps yeah yeah i don't yeah. want to say like internment camp but i think that's basically what it was like i didn't have a chance to read through that because i was like oh i need to jump on and like start talking to my friends about like the fun news we want to talk about and like Mm -hmm. oh you're both coming down to orlando like that's great so i didn't get to like dwell too much on like the darker sides of this outside of me just reading the book and being like ooh, like that that seems rough because i know it I know it should be because, like, the Irish cops, who, again, were, like, once the, yeah. like, demonized, like, racial group in this country are now, like, no, we're we're no longer on the bottom. Like, we're now empowered. Like, we can, we can throw stones. Um, I felt as weird as, like, Detective O'Malley. I was like, you couldn't. You couldn't have picked a different name. You had to go with, like, <laughs> super stereotypical there, too. Um, but, yeah, it's – I lost my thread. It's okay. We can drink it up. Um, I thought uh, – so Going back to kind of, like, the comparison to Black Sad, where, yeah, it was about racism as well, and in a noir setting and theme, that was a lot easier to get to read. and Digestible. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Racism is bad. I agree. Yeah. All right, yeah, let, I'm not, you know, I, I'm in total agreement. This one's like, ooh, no matter yeah, what, I am. It's part different of when this, they're animals this, to, yeah, to people, to people, to people, and then you're like, yeah, I, I, I grew up. This is part of my history, and this is, this is where we are because of this is what happened. Yes, racism is bad, but I, how do I even stop it? <laughs> Like because the character is in that, and he's he even is dealing with he, the, he's the, uh, dealing Edison. with it, but he's he also has to like play it to his benefit in a way yeah. where it's like no, like I 
I know what to look for that they're not going to see. But no, but even I, he I has hate that doing this. with that girl. But I need I need to point it out so they know like no I'm I'm on the up and up like I'm being a good a good cop because you know they're hiding something. Or he goes further than that. He's going he's a, he's going into places where he knows he's going to be a snitch. Titular line. Yeah. So he's putting himself in situations where he's going to be a snitch. It's not like he's just going on the beat cop and he he's like okay I could go into the Meijong tile house. Or I could just keep on walking my beat, and he decides that he's going to go in there and then get the dirt and snitch on people. Like, well, there's even a moment where he he's going into like question someone, and like the woman's like, "Oh, like this is fake. Where did you get this?" And it's like, "No, like I'm I'm a detective, but like the person he's talking to his standpoint is like, no, they would never work with one of us." And yeah. counterpoint to that, like you have the moment where uh, Frankie the like adoptive brother, like millionaire son, who's kind of part of the heart of this is like, no, like, you know me, I'm, I'm one of you guys. And it's like, no, no, you're not, you're, you're not like, you've been put into a position where you were alongside us and you're well to do. And like, you've supported us and like, you've helped us, but you, you will never know, or you will never understand what it is to be one of us. So you're not. Yeah. And that uh, I think that's like part of the heart of this too, because it is a us versus them kind of mentality in this book. And it, it's hard to hear it. Like you, you can never understand what someone's going through, even if like you can be as like, em, empathetic as possible, but you, you, yeah you can't walk in someone else's shoes like cuz there's so so much that goes into being someone else and that's just be, being a person like it doesn't mean like being like socio economical political like genealogical national like you you can't understand what someone's going through completely even if you're you're trying and and that just sucks because like, you should all just get along but we we can try, but you you'll never know the depths of something, and yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, uh, but I think the art is very good in this book. Uh, <laughs> the use of color is pretty good. You know, they yeah. just highlight one or two oh, colors throughout. Yeah, it, it's super super kind of like pulpy, pulpy like muted colors. The reds when they use it really pop especially for when it's highlighting him noticing things. Um, it fits the tone of the book really well. Um, yeah, I think, I think it, I think everything about this book works. Um, maybe next trade and policy, maybe it's uh, volume two, just so we can finish the series uh, more for our own sake than there's only two. I think there's only two, Okay, but I think that, I, I would read more, not to get it. I think there, I, I'd have to look it up because it, how it says it's a Edison Hark mystery that it might have, they might chose it's to also, do more stuff or there might it's be also stuff like in very recent word, word books uh, with that character. Um, kind of like, didn't, um, 
uh, oh, Kel Mc, uh, McDonald. Yeah, those mysteries. Didn't he also? Wasn't he also in novels too? Oh God, I think it's possible. It could have been like a character that was also in the writer something also else. So they, it was like an adaptation, and like Steve Niles was like, okay, well, we're gonna do more stories. Um, I. I don't know enough about Black Sad, but I I can really only equate Good Asian to Black Sad, where it's like a book that John picked that's like crime noir, tell a story. It's like, no, I enjoyed this, and there's more available. Because I know we read the other Black Sad. Yeah, there's probably like four, maybe four other volumes in between those. So I don't know if... Good Asian is something that they are planning on doing more of. Like there could just be like this first story and like maybe like side story that spins out of that. I don't know, but this is a world I don't want to say I want to spend more time in, but there's enough here that I I'm super interested in it because it's a great detective crime comic book. And that's like a hard niche to Mm. deliver for me because that's not my go-to flavor um sandman universe dead boy detectives from 2022 Mm. also written by the same uh author oh nice um so it looks like there's 10 issues of the good asian right now and doesn't look like there's any more from from that writer with this series but in comic book form but possibly who knows could could grow from here and i hope it does because i think this is something that is well done enough that like regardless of how you feel about like detective comic books it's done well enough it's like no like this you'll enjoy this yeah i think it's a very good noir story uh i i do i am interested in to see how it finishes but it's a tough read. It's a hard. It's, it, it, it is. is. And if this sounds like too much for you, maybe start with something like Black Sad. Yeah. Maybe that could be your point of entry for something like this, where it's dealing with like racial politics on top of like missing persons murder stories. Because we didn't even really talk about like the plot too much. Or if uh, if this is too much for you, uh, just learning about it, uh, try living it. You know, suck it up, Buttercup. I don't know where you're going with that. Saying it shouldn't be too hard to learn about it because you know, ah, okay. people live through it. Yeah, so. Okay, I thought you were trying to equate it to yourself. I was like, Paul, the no. Greg White person. Uh, so at the end of the series, it says that Edison Hark will return. But nothing has been announced about any more stories. I'm okay, I'm okay with that because I liked him enough as you know your detective hero. I was like, yeah, like give me more of this guy. Like when he's in that alleyway and he's talking to like the ruffians and he's like, hey, I'm gonna let you take a shot at me. You can keep that broken bottle in your hand, but just know after you take that shot, I'm putting you down. Like, that's it. 
And then like, he still knocks the guy out. And, like, <laughs> the girl's like, oh, I thought you were going to give him a free shot. I was like, no. <laughs> he's a great hero. Like, I, I like him a lot. And he's not, I mean, he's not, he's somebody who's definitely got so much of his own demons. Um, yeah. And even, like, the, the, the person who's like his brother who he went away and hadn't talked to in years. And even then how he taught, how introspective he is about how cold and turned off to feelings and everything that he is again, is how that character survives in this world that he lives in as a detective and, and being like, you, you know what I am? I'm a rat. I'm a cop, but they send me in to deal with these people, and then I snitch on all of them. Like, he's got so much going but on. That's also the only way that he can help people, because he's already, like, a targeted group. Like, the only way for him to keep doing what he wants to do is I, to, I, well, to cross that line. I think it's... I don't know if he, he thinks he's still doing good. I think he's struggling with the fact that maybe he isn't. That he got into it I, because he thought I don't he know. could do good. He, he I that. feel like he he still feels like he is doing good because the whole moment where he's talking to the kid on the street is like, well, like the kid's young. He's conditioned to trust someone with the badge. Like he thinks by him talking to me, I'm going to help. Because then people older than him that. know, like, oh, if I see someone with a badge, like, I'm not going to do it. But that also leads him to, like, going into that cellar and then, like, finding that body, which is, like, the next stage in that murder mystery part of it. Like, And they, he, they glance over it was what happened between O'Malley and him. Because they show those couple panels and it looks like O'Malley's hands are bloodied. Mm-hmm. And there was definitely some type of confrontation between them because of how was, I took it that he roughed up the kid. See, I think he roughed up the dad. OK. Or those two of them, because there's another panel of O'Malley pointing a gun at them. Mm-hmm. So it's open like, up the open cellar. up the, the cellar. So something happened that we didn't get to see. Mm-hmm. But you are kind of shown in panels that there's now bad blood between these two characters that up until that point were kind of on the quote unquote friendly side. So something happened. I think more of him trying to protect that kid Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. we were shown. But yeah. He does mention like he wish he could have done more. And he's like, nope, here I am. Edison Hawk again, where I'm just or Hark again. I'm just lying. I'm just I wish I didn't have to be this person, but this is the person I am because this is this is where I this is the only path that I'm now allowed to walk. Or this is how this is the existence that I, I am in. It wasn't what he wanted to be. He wanted somebody to find the his mom's killer. Yeah. And he it's wanted to be pick. that for others, but yeah. It's a good pick though, because there's a great story here and there's great character moments because you pull from him and he might not be the best person, but 
he's doing what he feels he needs to do to help someone, even if it's ultimately hurting someone else. And like that's that's the kind of gray you want your detective noir character to live in. Yeah. And I, I think we could probably t- I, it felt like we were about to wrap things up and then we got pulled into another conversation about mm-hmm. this character. And I think we can continue to keep having these moments where it's like, oh, yeah, this and we're really not giving you some of the big things that happen in this book. And I think it's all of us wanting like, well, if somebody's going to listen to this and read it, I don't want to spoil anything for them there's, about it. And there's room for interpretation to some of this, as you guys kind of pointed out with that. Uh, no, great pick. <laughs> really enjoyed it. And there was a moment when it came time for me to buy this book before I sat down to read it that I searched for a good Asian. There's like something else that popped up too. And I was like, oh, I I don't know what book I should be buying for this because there was something else called that. And I was like, oh, no, this one looks like a crime book. And it's from like <laughs> 2000 something. I was like, this is probably the one that John picked. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you both liked it. No, yeah. uh, and um, if you pick volume two for your next strain policy or if it's something that you're just going to buy to read and you're like, oh, I'm going to pick this up. Like, it's a book that I would buy to read just to side conversation be like, oh, yeah, like I I bought it because I think this first volume was like 11 bucks on Kindle. It, it was 1150. It. Yeah, okay. I bought it yeah. so many years ago that I, I not even years, but oh, so long ago that I haven't had. I haven't had a chance to read it, so I don't even know what I bought it for. But I think I bought it. Uh, it was on Thawne Alliances. <laughs> I, I it's it it's been something that I continued to put on, on the list, and then I'd be like, something else would pop up, or we would talk about something, and I'd be like, oh, I'll take it off. I'll put this on. I'll take it off. I'll put this on. Um, but it's also just been one of those ones that I was like. When, whenever I get to yeah. read it, I'll read it. Um, so, yeah, well, I'm glad you all liked it. And if you have read this book and you have an opinion, let us know over on the Facebook. If you haven't, and this is, we've inspired you to read it, and you read it and you liked it, let us know. Um, it's, it's That always kind of makes us feel good when we get some type of uh, interaction. Any kind of feedback. Yeah, any yeah. kind of interaction. Thank you for listening. Oh, I was just... I was just going to leave a pause there so Chris could edit out the ending, you know? Yeah.